okay, well, what if we can support the cell and then also support the cell's function by thinking differently? Because I think one of the biggest ones I still see today is, you know, kind of the self-hate, the self-doubt. People are stuck in this trance of, I can't do that. I should do this. I need to do that. I don't have time for this. And if we're thinking about what's what creates disease in the body, it's that perpetual stress. And it's so sneaky. These thought patterns are so sneaky. So when I work with someone now, it really, I would say 97% of the work is addressing the thought patterns that are keeping someone sick. everybody welcome back to root awakening a health podcast yay we have another guest on the podcast i'm so glad i was really excited to book some guests over the holidays but those appointments fell through because you know it's the holidays so not super surprising but also a significant bummer so i'm really excited to bring you guys an episode with a guest. So we have Teresa Piela here on this episode, and man, Teresa has been my role model for a couple years now. And she is a EFT practitioner and a chronic illness coach specializing in brain rewiring. She does trauma-informed brain rewiring work, and Teresa has had some serious challenges in her health, like debilitating challenges in her health in the past. And she built herself up to having an amazing food tolerance level after not being able to tolerate really much of anything, like literally anything at a certain point. And she can eat, she, she says in the podcast, she can eat pretty much whatever she wants right now. Some things are like not totally ideal but she can basically tolerate everything and wow that's an incredible story but the thing that i think really makes teresa a trailblazer is the fact that she found that rewiring her brain through eft tapping and doing trauma work and addressing what was going on in her head had significant effects to her physical health and I think now in the health industry we're still pretty focused on food we're still pretty focused on food and lifestyle but like what about emotional health what about trauma what about what is happening in our head what about the thoughts we think what about our relationship to food what about our relationship to being sick what about our narrative on what we deserve what we're worthy of what happens if we address that? And with what I've seen, you know, coaching my clients on mindset is that everything in your life starts to change when you start dealing with, working through the stuff that's going on in between your ears, <laughs> how your thoughts are, what you think, what you believe about yourself and the world. And Teresa is an example of what can happen when you start to rewire your brain and do that trauma work. 
magical things can happen. And she probably would be the first one to tell you that it took time, it was a gradual process, and all that, and she gets into that in this episode, but man, it's inspiring. Like, the type of person I am, if I hear that somebody can do something, it's like the four-minute mile. I'm like, oh, you can run a mile in four minutes? I can run in a, four, a mile in four minutes too then. So I think this is a really inspiring episode, but we talk about a lot more than just food. We actually only spend about 20 minutes talking about food. We spend a lot of time talking about our relationship to our self-development journey and what it can be like to feel stuck and what can help us get out of a stuck place or a rut or like a really, really debilitating time in our lives. And how to relate to other people when they're going through something like that. Like, how do we relate to our partner when they're going through a rough time? How do we relate to family members, to loved ones, to friends when they're going through a rough time? Teresa has some really smart words on this and just experienced wise words on this. And this episode is kind of structured more like a conversation. That um, wasn't necessarily planned. It just happened. And I think that was supposed to happen. So if you are expecting a straight up interview that isn't quite what this is but you will get to know Teresa and what she stands for and her value system and her energy in this episode so I hope you like it I hope it's fun for you to listen to it was so fun for me to be there and enjoy let us know what you think Teresa and I want to know what your vibes are on this episode so DM us and tell us what you think I love you guys okay so there are some new offerings in the root awakening sphere surprise surprise I'm really proud of my productivity at this point in life because I haven't been productive for a lot of my life for a lot of different reasons and like these days we don't we, we tend to not like to champion productivity because we can also get obsessed with productivity but I was really the type man where I was like I could never follow through on anything even if I wanted to do it I would kind of talk myself out of it or I would shame myself out of it or I would give up on something I wanted I used to be that person and because of that, I didn't really follow what I wanted to do ever. And now I can follow what I want to do and create it. And I think that's amazing. And if you want to start doing a similar thing, I have a group coaching program called the Type B Business School, which teaches you how to build a service-based or product-based business online. So like helping clients or sending out a product this is something that you can make money in and this is realistic for you and you can get clients and get customers and make money even if it's on the side of your day job, you know? I teach you how to do that, but I teach you how to do that in a way that feels good to you, that gives you a lot of freedom, that allows you to do what you want. There is no part of this coaching program that's like, you gotta do this if you wanna be this. It's like, no, at the end of the day, you know best for you. I don't know best for you. You know best for you. Even if it doesn't feel like it right now, I actually have techniques on how to connect to yourself and figure out what you want. There's a whole module on figuring out what you want. So even if you don't really know what kind of business you'd wanna start, but you don't like your job right now, it isn't ideal for you, and you want to do what you want for a living, do something that brings you joy and serves a lot of people for a living, this is the course for you. And we also work a lot on mindset 
and our relationship to life and that kind of stems out into relationship to manifestation getting what we want in life there are EFT tapping videos in this course there are video trainings and it's a group coaching course so we share a community space with my other group coaching course manifestation exploration and I coach you guys in there so the link to join that or check it out is in my bio and this is the new thing I just released a new workshop called the workshop of financial joy and it's the financial tracking system that I use to actually gain self-worth about where I'm at in my finances right now I'm still working on my relationship to my finances, you guys. It's not like I've had it all figured out, but I just want to share with you what has helped me a lot and become profound and made my experience with money very positive. And for most of my life, my experience with money was not positive. So even though I'm still figuring it out and I want to make that clear, I wanted to share just the system that I created that I use um, to make me like look at my finances every month and say, oh, wow, I did spend really intentionally. Oh my gosh, I have been making more and more money each month. Wow, this is amazing. This is actually surprising, you know, and we don't really think about relating to our finances like that. <sighs> so this is like, all in all, this is like a 20 minute intro, but I'm feeling inspired to say this to you guys. So if you're interested in that, you can go to the show notes and see the link for the workshop of financial joy or the type b business school and yeah enjoy enjoy this episode i love you guys hello everybody welcome back to root awakening a health podcast woo baby i'm excited i have been wanting to bring this guest on for many months i mean really in the back of my mind it's been like years so that's cool and interesting and wow Teresa Piela is on the podcast with me today. On this episode, Teresa is an EFT practitioner and chronic illness coach specializing in brain re rewiring. And she's a doing trauma-informed brain rewiring work. So many of you know that I am huge into EFT tapping. It has Transform the way my brain works, which thank God I have never, I don't think I've ever gotten so much relief from one specific practice as like EFT tapping, yes, journaling work, but also EFT tapping. And I would say that it's remarkable the amount of time, the small amount of time that I've spent doing EFT tapping work versus the amazing reaction that's happened in my body. It's like, I would say it's the most efficient self-development practice I have personally ever used as far as like time spent doing it versus like results that I'm getting. And uh, so anyway, you all know that I'm big into that. I work it into my coaching programs. I love it. I'm still relatively new to it, but Teresa is also doing EFT tapping work and she has done it in a very fascinating way. And we were just talking about before we started recording, I don't even really know if my idea of what Teresa does is fully accurate. So we're going to figure that out and crack that code <laughs> in this episode. But I want to tell you guys a little bit about Teresa before I fully introduce her as I do. So let me preface this with an important statement that will like kind of help 
not make what I'm about to say so weird, <laughs> but jealousy to me is an amazing indicator of inspiring people. That is how I live my life. It's important for me to note that. When I saw Teresa on Instagram two years ago, I was like, that bitch is putting out some amazing fucking content. She is posting consistently, or what I what I saw, she was posting consistently. She was writing about cutting edge stuff. I don't even think I knew that you were doing EFT tapping when I started looking at your content, Teresa. And it was like, it was like fall 2020, I think is when I found you. And I was like, oh my God, how do I become more like this girl? I was so inspired by what you were doing and super envious of, I, I, I can't even really describe it because I don't even know if I fully like dug into your content. There was just an energy about you that was like, oh, this is something special that she's bringing to the world. Like the world needs this. And I was really mind blown about that energy. And then come to find out, I revisited your content a little bit more recently. Come to find out you're doing EFT tapping to help you with physical distress and physical health imbalances. Mm -hmm. And to me, this shit is so, I think just where health is going. I've been experimenting with how mindset affects our physical health. And I was a I was a health coach coaching people on diet at a certain point in time when I started my career. And I was like realizing that all of my clients had emotional imbalance as well, had emotional trauma that hadn't been dealt with yet, even though they had been wanting to deal with it for a long time. And I'm like, there's a fucking link here. So anyway, this episode isn't about me. I'm going to skip to the part where I eventually started teaching on mindset and realizing how important it is and looking into manifestation and what makes people successful in whatever realm. And I've used Teresa plenty of times to my audience as an example of there is something more here to physical health than diet. So Teresa is diving into EFT tapping to help us with our physical health imbalances. And this is amazing. So Teresa, I'm excited to hear if what I said was accurate. I'm so excited to have you on and welcome to Root Awakening a Health Podcast. <laughs> Thanks so much. You know, it's funny to think back to that time because you are right in the sense that when I started posting, it was kind of like a trial run. I wasn't, this was right during the pandemic actually, and I was about to open a colon hydrotherapy office, but when the world shut down, that was no longer an option. And it wasn't actually something I wanted to do. It was more of a survival response thinking, okay, how can I make a living in a way that I actually found really helpful? That was a big part of my healing journey. But shifting to Instagram, I started posting a little bit about mindset, but more about what I was learning in terms of the pro-metabolic lifestyle and kind of carnivore, life after carnivore, a little bit more in terms of intuitive and food freedom while also honoring physiology and that the cells do need certain things. But what I started noticing is people started reaching out to me and just asking me questions, asking to book calls, asking for my advice, mostly again, in terms of 
surviving carnivore or figuring out more of the chronic Lyme and co-infection world. And kind of like you mentioned, all of these people had such fearful, urgent, traumatized nervous systems. And it became so clear to me that, yes, while the diet is, Mm. I'd say, a critical component of healing, I wouldn't say that's the place to start anymore. And I've kind of changed my mind about this. And of course, different people are are ready for different changes and, you know, see things differently. But I started doing these discovery calls where I'd see what people were eating, see what their symptoms were. But what I found most interesting was how they related to their body, how they felt about their food, how they felt about the prospect of healing or more likely not healing and starting to pull apart those thought patterns. It was kind of a natural transition, honestly, because I was using tapping on myself Again, I came from a background of being very chronically ill, and it got to the point where I had finished a 30-day elemental diet. Have you heard of this? Physician's formula, elemental diet? I only know about it because I watched your bio videos. Okay. Yeah. So I was in critical condition. I was about 79 pounds at the time. My body was not processing food even, and I've always been a foodie. So not being able to process and absorb the food I wanted to eat, the food I craved, set up a very interesting dynamic where I wasn't sure what to trust. I mean, it created kind of a, almost like a dreamlike nightmare state where I just did not know what to do. My doctors didn't know what to do. And that was probably the most important time because I realized this food, these diets, these protocols, not only are they not helping, they're not, they're not even working. My body was revolted by them. So, and I know this is kind of a messy way of telling it, but that's when I kind of gave up on the idea of ever getting better. And again, it was a very, very low point. I wasn't doing anything but surviving, but I started tapping more and I started visualizing more. And even when I didn't believe it, I started imagining myself one day in the future, healthy, big, radiant, capable, moving around, fully functional. And I'd I'd spend sometimes, you know, 40 minutes with my eyes closed, just imagining this. And then I'd tap on what that would do for me to finally eventually exist in that way. So it's kind of this merging where I realized, wait a second. And it was a blind spot for a while. I didn't even realize how critical this tool was for me Mm -hmm. until I got to the place where I was actually starting to feel like a human again. So that's probably when you found me, Emily, was when I just started posting on Instagram. I'm like, well, I've learned a few things. I've unlearned a lot of things. And that was a big one. I think finding Ray Pete and finding the carnivore community, but especially the pro-metabolic community was like a whole veil had been ripped off where I realized so much of what my naturopathic doctors and holistic practitioners and nutritionists were preaching was so counter to what actually supports the body. And again, we could, we could unpack that for a a while, but moving into that and seeing, okay, well, what if we can support the cell and then also support the cells function by thinking differently? Because I think One of the biggest ones I still see today is, you know, kind of the self-hate, the self-doubt, 
people are stuck in this trance of, I can't do that. I should do this. I need to do that. I don't have time for this. And if we're thinking about what's, what creates disease in the body, it's that perpetual stress. And it's so sneaky. These thought patterns are so sneaky. So when I work with someone now, it really, I would say 97% of the work is addressing the thought patterns that are keeping someone sick. Wow. And that takes, is that a wow? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, when you, you mentioned your perception of me and how I was posting consistently and, you know, showing up in a certain way. When I started posting, I was still very symptomatic, very symptomatic. Mm -hmm. But my priority was not taking it seriously, not getting hooked onto these thoughts of uh-oh or what what will happen if I get back to the place of being a 79-pound woman that can't digest, that can't function, that can't exist in society. My whole focus shifted towards what is beautiful What's the imprint I want to leave in this world? If my body is no longer a thing to fix and I'm, you know, just putting that to the side, I'm just going to do the best I can. What's the energy that I want to bring to a space or, you know, how do I want people to feel after they've spent time around me? And that has really informed everything I do now. And I, I know you talk a lot about this, but we can't, we can't fool ourselves into thinking that hating ourselves and hating the way we treat our bodies is then going to one day deliver health. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And that was such a cool way of kicking us off here to have a little sneak peek into what you've dealt with in your health and in your life. And, uh, you know, at this point in my career, I know that when I'm, uh, like our perception of people, especially online, could be completely arbitrary and random. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I, after hearing your description of where you were at during that time, mm -hmm. it makes everything clear to me from my perspective that I was witnessing someone who was at the precipice of creating something really great in your life, your personal life and being and in the world. And that shit is unmistakable to me. You know, that is something that is special and it has this special energy about it and I know that if I get reactive to someone like that and and I don't say this to to say I was pissed off I was like I want to do something like what she's doing and yeah fuck that is cool you know that's it again it's interesting to hear it from your perspective because <laughs> you're right it was kind of the first time where I'm like wait I can be helpful here. Cause that was a big wound of mine when I was basically an invalid creature living on lab made formula. There was a deep sense of kind of shame and also a wanting it all to end. I was deeply, deeply scared and just wanted a way out. But when I started to realize, well, huh, I'm feeling the teeniest bit better. And maybe I I've got some energy to, to give, I've got some ideas to share. Like you said, it it felt, yeah, it felt like a blossoming in a way where I where I was almost given a second chance, and I don't take that for granted because I feel like it's so easy to 
to even wake up and think, oh, my eyes are going to open. I'm going to be able to see. Oh, I'm going to be able to lift myself out of bed and walk to the kitchen. I'm going to be able to have a bowel movement. Those things could disappear at any second. And if we can get to the place of appreciating all the things that are working for us, all the things that are actually well and good, then the brain has less energy to place on, you know, the, the thought patterns of fear of what needs, what, what we wish were different or another big one. I see this all the time. And I experience this myself thinking one day in the future, when I have what I want, when I'm certain level of health and, you know, things are lining up, then I'll be able to relax and enjoy my life. But we have to flip that around because we can't struggle to get to the point of relaxation the body i think it confuses the body it kind of deranges the cells when they're like well you're telling me this but i'm picking up that what's actually going on here so yeah it's been i think when i finally was able to step into that and appreciate how good it felt to be helpful and realizing everything my body went through wasn't for nothing in fact it felt like a training ground. It was, you know, kind of, that was my education in a way in terms of what I wanted to then offer. So I look back now and I'm incredibly grateful of some of the the lessons that emerged from those very dark times. And I don't, I don't think you can learn it any other way. You know, there's something about really being at the end of things and just putting your hands up and saying, okay, I'm done. I'm done with this. And then life says, Hey, not so fast. You still have some work to do here, which is work we get to do. You know, it's, it's, yeah, it feels like a gift when we can turn those pain points into something that could be supportive for people, as opposed to, you know, struggling through life, thinking that we're just here to work and then die. I disagree with that full heartedly. Oh yes. Let's get into this. (laughs) So first of all, fuck, the timing is always just so good. Like, how is the timing so good? Okay. To comment directly on what you just said, it's beautiful. You know, when we're looking at our struggles in life in hindsight, and we're looking at it from a self-development perspective, you know, from from a perspective of, well, even if we're not looking at it from a self-development perspective, even if we're just like, we got past the bad times and we're still living and we're in better times right now. And we're looking back at the bad times. It's fucking poetry. Like it's beautiful. It's like unmistakably beautiful that the shit that we go through that can often get us to the point where we're like, why am I even here? That was what I would think a lot when I was in some of my darkest moments. Why am I here? Don't even want to be here. What is the point of this? To get us to that dirt, ground, underground level of despair, but then climbing out of that and seeing that if I was in that, since I was in that place, I know what that feels like. And Mm -hmm. because I know what that feels like, man, I'm really fucking excited to be alive right now and to not feel like that, but also know what that feels like. So if Mm -hmm. I see other people that are in that space, I can help lift them out. You know what I'm saying? Like I'll get emotional right now talking about it. Yeah. And last night, here I am. It's three, probably 3.30 in the morning. I'm journaling. I'm crying so hard. Why? Why? Because I'm realizing how every 
moment of my life has led up to this every single fucking struggle that I'm like why the fuck is this happening god like like why just being mad at god like why are you doing this to me like why does life like I know life has to be hard because this 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 but does it have to be this hard like do you real after I've been asking you for a long fucking time and being intentional about where I want to be does it still really have to be like that all of those fucking moments has led up to this point where I can see certain types of people who have experienced certain things who or who are just who are just in that struggle place and be like, look, let me tell you, beautiful things can happen from this place in life. And and here I am sitting last night crying about this. So like the, the amount of gratitude for the darkest places in my life i can't even tell you that dynamic and now here you are talking about something very similar and here we are on this podcast i mean i mean it's just it's just it's again it's very on brand with life it's just one thing leads to the next and everything con connects together and like there is a very beautiful reason for our struggles in life because it puts us at this wise interesting helpful perspective we know what it's like to go through shit and that's valuable you know what i'm saying yeah and i see the opportunity now what in when you're in the mud when you're in that very dark place and people are telling you just wait one day you'll be grateful it can almost feel that can feel yucky you know and yeah. i think there's something to be said about mm, wouldn't say not giving that advice, but letting people have their own unfolding. And time is a beautiful thing here because so much of letting time do a lot of the work, things naturally change and evolve. And I think a big piece of it too is just getting to the point where you are so sick of your own thought patterns. You're so sick of your own bullshit that you are then inspired to rebuild something. And again, it's that cracking open point. So if people are listening and they're like, well, I'm at that really low point and I'm, you know, I don't, I don't know if I'll ever get to the place of feeling purposeful or inspired or feeling like I have a passion that really lights me up. Stepping back and just thinking, well, okay, the way I feel right now is completely valid. Is this an opportunity? I don't know. I mean, thinking even how you want to relate to the darkness, if you remember it's impermanent and that there are lessons to be extracted from it, it kind of takes out the the seriousness of the darkness and it becomes more of like a ah what's the word i want to use i guess yeah opportunity is the word that always comes to mind now cuz i know a lot of people say everything happens for a reason but i'm more in the camp of things we can give things reason we can make meaning in yeah. the ways we choose and how amazing if we choose to tell ourselves empowering stories because you've probably heard of the stoic idea of the the thoughts we think most often kind of color our experience Our the, the mind becomes tinged with the color of its thoughts. I think Marcus Aurelius said that don't quote me, but <laughs> it's so true. And if we can even take a little bit of responsibility and not try and change our circumstances or not try and force things to look different, but just relate to what's happening from a more, I'd say kind and loving lens without so trying to sound cliche, really, if we can, look at it through the eyes of something through the eyes of love or even intrigue or curiosity, we start to see things differently. And then in that 
we start to find new pathways and new thought patterns from there. I totally took the conversation and <laughs> steered it in a different direction, but that's, that's what it, you baby. sparked. <laughs> Good. I love it. I'm totally following you. And I will say that it has been essential for me to decide how I want to look at things. Like mm-hmm. my healing process would not be there unless I decided that I want to look that I wanted to look at stuff a certain way intentionally manually decided and that's what I talk to my community about often right okay when you're working on getting something you want in life whatever that is and you think all right let's do it like I'm worthy of this let's go I'm going to journal on it I'm going to work through the limiting beliefs I feel like I'm in a good place I believe I can have this it's coming through and the next day it doesn't come through a lot of people will say, well, fuck this. It's not working. I thought, I thought if I believe I'm supposed to have something, I should be able to have it, but it's not working. So, okay, forget it. I guess, guess this doesn't work for me. No, the way I got shit in my life was when, the, when I woke up the next day and it wasn't there, I said, okay, we got to do the same thing again. We have to get to the place where we believe that it can come through. I can't get there every day, but I try to. And that's when something comes through. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it, it, I tell my my clients, it's like, it's manual. You're manually deciding. You're not just yes. saying, God, please, 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 please. And I do yeah. the please, please, please thing a lot. Some people, they're kind of like against the, uh, like, you should talk to God in an empowered way. I like beg God all the time. I just do. It's kind of like part of my process. I'm like, God, help me right now. But But I realize that not shit was happening unless I manually consciously decided that, no, I'm going to start feeling differently about this. And then the next day, no, I'm going to start feeling differently about this. And then I'm crying because I'm like, kind of like, Oh, is this ever going to work? But then I say, no, I'm actually going to feel differently about this. And eventually I fucking feel differently about the thing, you know? And well, that's the biggest thing. And I can completely relate to this, but the question I ask myself most often is not about what I want, what I'm trying to create in my life, what I'm trying to make. It's how do I want to feel about what's right here? Yeah. And some people might be like, but then how do you move ahead? How are you, how do you plan? How are you manifesting? I'm not, I'm simply relating to what is here. And, you know, it's, it's still a paradigm. I'm still trying to work out, but in that place of, wow, I woke up today. I want to feel blank today, then I'm able to pursue certain behaviors or activities or work on things in a certain way that supports that feeling. And if we think about it in terms of, oh, it's actually the feeling we're after and not life looking a certain way. It's not our, I mean, really it's, it's not about our careers or our homes or our relationships looking a certain way. It's showing up from the energy that you think those things will eventually give you. So it's playing with time a little bit, but really flipping things around. And I think that can be helpful too, because say someone is really sick. A lot of the people I work with are are dealing with so many chronic, complicated symptoms and they're scared. They don't even know how they got this sick. Starting right there and not, not thinking about how they should be two years from now or what all the things they wish they were doing in their lives. How do you want to feel right in this moment while your body is begging for some support and begging for some kindness 
And it simplifies it too, because then instead of thinking about all the work we need to do and all the things we need to change, we can just speak to ourselves differently and speak to ourselves kind of with that, I say motherly tone. And I know for a lot of people, they don't have a, you know, the classic example of that sweet nurturing presence. But when I say that, it's more of the the archetypal mother of unconditional love, support, tending moment to moment. That is what we can then offer ourselves. And in doing so, we start to, we feel different when we realize we are the ones to step in, that we don't have to wait for life to look different. We don't have to wait for someone to offer ourselves that. Granted, that is nice. It's nice to have someone or people or community, a partner, a family that supports you. It's not a necessity. And there's so much strength that can come from realizing, wow, okay, this life thing is not easy. My husband says that all the time and I've ingrained that in my speech, but it's not easy. And I'm going to, I'm going to relate to it differently here. I'm not going to cower in fear and, and spend all of my mental energy thinking about this should be different. I want this. That's not fair. It's okay. Well, this is what I've been given. Now what? Now what do I want to do with it? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of, yeah, that's kind of the framework in which I move through each day. So maybe you did pick up on that because it's like you said, it's manual. It's conscious. If I catch myself hooked into a trance of worry or wishing or longing, I kind of very lovingly kick myself in the butt and say, Hey, 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 that's a trap. What do you actually want to be thinking about this? What is, what is it that you actually want to look back on? Because You've probably seen this. So many people keep waiting and waiting and waiting for things to look differently. They're waiting for things to line up before they feel good. But that day might not ever come, especially if we are training the pathways of waiting as opposed to, oh, here I am on this beautiful Tuesday. Things are as they are. Okay. It's gray outside. Now what? Yeah, that's such a cool perspective. Such a cool perspective. And I'm, I'm realizing that I'm, I really am someone who's like, okay, let's go moving forward. And it's funny because my entire brand is like, I'm not like a, it's like, I have a business school called the type B business school, right? Because I'm not a type A, type a person. And I could not find a type B person who was doing what I wanted to do mm. and achieving what I wanted to achieve. Um, but I am very like, uh, dreamy like okay I want it let's go big let's go big with this and there there is a place for that and that's important but it's so always nice for all of us no matter what type of person you are what Teresa is saying here with like being in the moment like how do I want to look at what's already happening right now Mm -hmm. slash maybe you want to go into like what's already happened how do I want to look at the past man yeah you know and I think the body is a beautiful teacher that for that because and I'll use my experience and hopefully people can maybe relate or copy and paste it in a way that makes sense. But when the body is not a comfortable place to be, when the body is, you know, showing signs of decline and what feels like extreme dysfunction, if we can look at that and just be with that in a, in a way that's kind of peaceful and surrendering to that, it's, it's kind of releasing this, the agitation and the, And I guess I'm more of a type A person. So my tendency is to, how can I fix this? How can I get out of this? How can I feel better right now? And learning that, oh, well, some things are completely out of my control. 
it leaves just the mind. The body is going to do what it's going to do. And, and I know people are probably thinking, but wait, isn't she talking about brain rewiring? It's bi-directional, but truly, if you've done everything from a place of stressing and forcing and gripping and pushing and hustling, your body eventually gets to a point where it lets you know how unsustainable that is. And then we have the opportunity to honestly do less. I think it's a big thing is if I don't need to seek, if I don't need to grasp, if I don't need to move forward in life. And right now, if this is my final day to offer something that I'll be proud of now, what do I want to do with this? So yeah, it, it's, it simplifies it for me because I feel like in this culture, there's, there's, we get messages all the time about how we should be and, you know, what makes a life worth living. But if we're not enjoying it and if we're not feeling a sense of gratitude and yeah, joy in the moment, that doesn't seem very worth it to me. And just knowing how short our time is here, truly it is up to us to decide, okay, well, with what's in my control, what can I start to change? How can I relate to all of the details, even the yucky parts. Again, I'm not trying to brush over them and just say, think about them nicely or, Mm -hmm. you know, be grateful for them. That's not it. You're allowed to be upset and feel behind and feel overwhelmed. That's a piece of it. But you're also allowed to feel a sense of drive or a sense of excitement, a sense of trust and confidence simultaneously. And I think the and is very key here because we don't need to get rid of we don't need to get rid of half of our experience to then only have the sparkly fluff we can let the sparkly fluff soften what feels dark and grungy and then we have this kind of more neutral yeah neutral lighter playing field 100% 100% that's my experience as well and even now when i maybe i'm kind of repeating myself but i feel like i need to even now, when I start to go into these dark places or like old patterns of like, why don't I have what I want yet? I like to get what I want. I mean, that's what we're talking about right now, right? But like in my mind and who I am is very much like, I want it. I will have it now because I want it. <laughs> and so- is it is it like a, and I don't mean to interrupt, but I'm curious, like when you think about wanting something what is it that comes to mind for you like is it an image of your future life is it a kind of lifestyle is it a sweater what is it that your brain latches onto as the thing yeah it's it's an image of my life when i'm when i'm ready to be somewhere else that's what I want. So it's like the next level that I'm like video gaming life, you know, Ah. it's like that whole, the whole self-development thing, next level. So I'm like, okay, I'm done with this shit. We are ready to go to the next level. So that could be the next level of health. Found it. (laughs) Was looking for a long time. Found it, baby. And, and it's an, it's an, it's a never ending journey. Right. But like, I wanted that next level of health and I found ah. found like the the raw meat diet which makes me feel like superhuman and I don't just eat the raw meat diet I eat a bunch of shit but next level of of living like I want this this nice car got my nice car want this this level of working with clients got got my this level of working with clients 
but but every time before that level i'm like let's go bitch let's go let's go let's go maybe in a similar Ah. way to to kind of like what what you're describing like like uh like okay what can i do about it now and it's urgent it yep and and it's i'm not trying to call you out (laughs) Yeah, no, go but ahead. it's, it's, it's kind of a trap because the brain's like, once I have that, once I'm at that level, then I'm going to be happier. But again, we have to challenge that. It's like, well, if you want the next level of health, if you think this way of, let me break this down. We think we want the level of health, but really we want to feel that sense of peace, that sense of radiance. Okay. Let's start thinking in ways that allow that to come into our experience now so that we don't have to wait for the car. We don't have to wait to live in a better house. We don't have to, you know, all the things that the brain it's it, those are kind of the tests. I see them. It's like, well, we're going to just keep poking you and distracting you with all these things that we're going to convince you. You really want when deep down it's a feeling state because you could have all those things and be miserable. Exactly. Even, I mean, some of the people I work with that have actually gained a significant amount of health if they haven't taken the time to address some of those deeper thought patterns they feel better physically they can do more they're working out again they're eating more freely but they still hate themselves and they still think people think stories about them and they're still scared to put up boundaries with their loved ones all these things so it's kind of this interesting dynamic of more evidence to flip it around what is it that we really want what's underneath the car what's underneath the level of health what's the feeling that you want it like exact your your way of describing like embody the the feeling that you want to feel because you can kind of embody that in a way right now before the or, or try yes. to try to embody that now before the thing comes that's literally the the process that i use in part for to manifest mm-hmm. this stuff or whatever i want mm-hmm. but like here's the thing teresa mm-hmm. from my perspective you 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 figure that shit out like that becomes the whole idea of like you can get all these material items or like or levels of health or whatever you want but if you're like not happy deep down in your body in your mind you're never going to be fucking happy like that shit becomes clear whether you like it or not whether you're looking for that or not that shit becomes clear I remember when I wanted to be a farmer and I started farming full-time and I was like I'm miserable (laughs) I thought this was gonna make my life and I'm fucking Mm -hmm. miserable you know like I I truly believe that like so this is just the way my brain works I'm gonna go after I I'm gonna go after what I want no matter what all the time and the lessons that I need to learn are gonna come at me you know Mm -hmm. and in the end I might have learned a lot of these things the hard way but like at this point in my life I know that if I'm not working on what's going on in my fucking head, nothing mm-hmm. is ever going to be satisfying. Nothing is exactly. going to feel good. I'm always going to go back to the depression. I'm always going to go back to old patterns, scary, romantic patterns showed up. And then I got, I went into therapy <laughs> and then a lot got helped from that. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, that's part of the reason, like to bring it back full circle with the EFT tapping to me. The Mm -hmm. EFT tapping is so fucking all encompassing because you're working Mm -hmm. on your subconscious mind. When you're working on your subconscious mind and your mindset, every single thing in your fucking life starts to show up differently for you. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter the fucking topic. I really don't believe it matters what the topic is. If you're raising your self-worth, 
everything will shift in your life. You're, the way you relate to life will shift. The what you think will mm-hmm. shift. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I'm getting off on a tangent, but like, but like you learn that shit real fast. Like I, I am 100% agreeing with you that like, if the happiness, if, if whatever's going on in your mind doesn't change, kind of nothing else will change in your life. Even if you get mm-hmm. different material items and you yeah. figure that out, like that, that becomes figured out one way or another, one rock bottom mm-hmm. after rock bottom it becomes Mm -hmm. clear, you know, in my opinion. Yeah. And you can still want those things, but a a flip that's been helpful for me is just even thinking, well, it would be nice to have a pair of slippers or, oh, it would be nice to get a new, you know, large pan. That's, I've been wanting a really large pan, but I don't need it. And just pausing right there and noticing, I'm pretty, I'm pretty content with, with just what is. So I don't, I'm not sure. I don't know if that's helpful for people listening because if they, I don't want people to squash their desires, but really just changing the, I'd say the tone in which we grasp to things. And it's like, I need this versus, hmm, that would be nice. But if it's only the feeling of joy and, you know, comfort and confidence that I want, is that already available? And for most people, it is. It's not about changing the circumstances. And this does get a little bit tricky when say someone is so, so, so sick that they're not even able to do basic things. Again, something I experienced. It's hard. It, I'm, I'm not going to pretend and say, oh, just, you know, just embody peace, embody surrender. Yeah. Can you Fuck start that to get... when you're no, feeling no. so shitty? Fuck yeah. you. If anyone told me to do that, I'm pretty sure people did, but fuck you. <laughs> mm-hmm. But again, kind of stepping to the side, it was more like, well, I feel like shit and I'm just going to be at peace with that. Or, you know, I, I feel like my life is slipping away and this is, this is all there is. And I get to spend it with the person I love most. So a very uncomfortable, not desirable situation, still with the essence of something beautiful. And again, we're shifting the brain to, well, there's still this. Another thing I like to focus on, ah, there's still the sun. There's always the sun, no matter what happens to you there is still the sun and it it makes us remember too again so much of our discomfort and so much of our pain is is just us in this loop 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 we're always interpreting we're always thinking ahead we're always never here so coming back to okay well what is here what can I appreciate that is already here if I don't even need to get any of these things I think I want you can still want them but if I don't need them I don't, if I'm actually going to be okay without them, it kind of plops us right back in this moment. And there's, there's definitely an essence of mindfulness to this because we'll start to see the nature of those crazy thoughts that we all have and learning to kind of see them for what they are. It's just little tests because we could spend our entire lives just thinking of what's next, what's next, where like, you know, and I don't say this with shame. That's, that's the natural state of the brain to think about how can I improve this? How can I get this? She has that. I want that. We can learn to disengage from all all of that. And I'd say that's kind of, that's the, it's not the place I like lead people towards, but I think when people start to realize, wow, you know, nothing's perfect. I still have these symptoms, you know, I'm still struggling month to month, but I'm, happier and I notice more moments where I'm truly here and I am laughing and I'm literally enjoying this precious moment with this person right next to me that builds that builds such a different foundation yeah 
it's amazing to feel like things are sure not perfect in my life, but I'm fucking happy. That's, that was a, for 30 years of my life, I didn't feel that ever, Teresa. Mm -hmm. Like there was not, there was not, there was not a time where I was like, I am sustainably happy right now. I have a river of happiness flowing within me. I thought people were lying when they said they're like a happy person. Like I didn't mm, think joy yep. existed. I thought people were lying. I was like, you're fake Agreed, as fuck. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yep. then you start to experience it going through some dark, dark shit in my life. I found it. <laughs> I, I found it. And I'm not saying I've arrived, but I'm just saying mm -hmm. when you find joy and you're starting to say words like joy when you didn't even think joy exists, that's a moment. Like mm -hmm. that is a fucking moment. And like, <laughs> you can't take this shit away from me now. Yeah. I have this and you can't take that away. Coming from a place of 30 years of joy is not real. You know, it's just... And, and, and again, it's, yeah, it's like how the mind just affects our entire world, our entire life, every, every facet of what's going on in our mm -hmm. life experience can be dictated by our mind. And, and, mm -hmm. and we get to change that, even if it's very, very slowly with big ups and big downs or, or big downs and little ups, we get to transform that like shit transforms, like shit yeah. transforms. And I can relate too. I, I used to feel the same way where I, I would feel irritated or annoyed by happy people because I didn't, like you said, I, I just didn't feel real. It didn't feel authentic. How could you be happy given all the things happening in this world? You don't live in my body. Da, 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 story, story, story. But kind of getting to the place where actually that spontaneous joy starts to show up it starts with just being grateful. Again, it's not, we're not forcing ourselves to be happy, but kind of even showing the brain, Hey, there's still this kind of like what we were just touching on. But you reminded me a second ago, I was working with this woman and she you know, straight out told me, she's like, I used to think you were bullshit. I hated how happy you were. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I, I was on a zoom call with her and I was telling her I was, I wasn't always this way. In fact, I, I was the kind of the classic downer in the sense that I assumed everything was not going to work out. I was so stuck in that fearful mind of, you know, life's hard. This is the way it is. There's nothing good for us here. You can't trust anyone, all of that. And then eventually having these experiences where that they naturally shifted to then truly feel, wow, I actually am a happy person. This is what joy is like. It can be triggering to people until they start to realize, like you were mentioning at the very beginning of this call, it's probably because probably because they want that too. They don't know how to get there, but they want that too. So starting to even think about, well, what triggers you? Okay. What is the opportunity here? What's the lesson? If you feel jealous by someone you see on social media, is there a belief there that you can't live a joyous life, that you can't live a life of ease, of magic, of creativity? Well, can we question that? What if, what if it's available to you too? What if you don't have to be hooked to this story? What happens when you start to engage the possibilities of, well, what if it does work out for me in this way? So yeah, lots of ways to take this, but it really, it's, I mean, it, it comes back to the framework of what thoughts are you thinking? Are those the thoughts you want to be thinking? If not, are you ready to change them? And then tapping, I think that's why it's so unique is because the subconscious starts to get on board. And we're no longer hooked on to these old, 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 old loops. Sometimes, you know, they're passed down generation 
generation by generation. And we're born into this life with anxiety, of fear, of panic, of doom, of not trusting. We can break those cycles. And I'm, I'm sure there are other tools out there, but like you said, it, this one seems to hit different. And I'm sure it's because it is using the energetic body. It's using these acupressure points. It's taking advantage of neuroplasticity and just literally teaching the brain, hey, here's another option. Here's another idea. Yep. Yep. Totally. I want to ask you too about your approach to relating to people who are having a rough time because mm-hmm. we're kind of touching on Love this theme. question. Yeah. yeah. And I, I saw that you wrote something about how it's important to not try to identify with other people's mm-hmm. hardships. So can you speak? Yeah. This? Yeah. So I, I think about this a lot in terms of relationships and, you know, say we're, say we're dating someone or married to someone or seeing someone and they are in a bad mood. And all of a sudden it, the story starts spiraling of they need to be in a better mood because now I'm in a bad mood and you ruined my joyful moment and all of the blame and the, oh, just the chaos. But that could also look different in terms of, you know, trying to fix them. Hey, what do you need? Cheer up, cheer up. And that's another place of trying to meddle what with what shouldn't be meddled with. So what I found is so helpful is st- maintaining your desired state and leading by example. And when that person is ready, it's so much more seamless in terms of slipping back into a more regulated state. And I think we can all relate to this when say we're the one in a bad mood and someone's either they're upset at us for being in a bad mood or Mm -hmm. they're overly coddling. And it's like, Hey, I don't want to be fixed. Just leave me alone. Versus when they carry on with their day, they say, hey, I'm here for you. I love you. I'm going to give you space. But they maintain a sense of stability and grounding. It's almost like something in our nervous system. Maybe it's mirror neurons. I think that's probably the mechanism in play. But it's almost like something in us will so much more readily be open to that. And it's because that person held their ground. So I think this can be tricky, especially with some of the more codependent and people pleasing tendencies Ooh, to baby. learn to not identify with other people's suffering because when you are strong and sturdy, you can actually support people. And it doesn't doesn't start with fixing them because that assumes that they are broken. It just starts with you just saying, Hey, I'm here. I'm I'm firmly planted. If you need me, I'm I'm here to listen. I'm not trying to fix you. I'm not trying to change you. You don't even need to feel better right now. I'm just here. And I think, again, it comes back to how we ideally relate with people. It's feeling supported and not feeling like someone's trying to change us or to fix us or to manipulate us in any ways. And I think, you know, that kind of comes back to the core of a safe relationship is one that you're, it's supportive. It's, it's not dramatic. It's not about blame. It's not about, it's not about anything other than, hey. I love you and I'm just going to be here for you when you need me. And that's it. Does that, it's kind of a a story of how I I see this now, but does that answer the question in terms of 
how I relate to not identifying? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it's amazing advice for us. And I would say like, once I started looking into what codependency is, like you see it everywhere. Like, I don't, I mean, <sighs> I live in, in the Midwest, <laughs> but like, I'm pretty sure it's throughout every culture it's rampant. Yeah. Well, and it comes from a good place. We yeah. see someone we love hurting and I'm, I'm guilty of this. I used oh, yeah. to be in the camp of say, say someone I loved was having a hard time. You know, I couldn't help, but feel pain. I wanted to relieve their suffering. And that's a, it's the idea of realizing, well, if they're already in pain, us being in pain with them does not help reduce the amount of pain. So by us being stable, we can therefore be sturdy enough for them to lean on us. But again, it's it's not us. It's not us wallowing with them or getting angry at them for being in pain. And so much of this too comes back to how we would treat a little, a little one or a, you know, like a baby or a toddler. If, if they're feeling overwhelmed, they're crying. Our job is to just be there, not to, not to say, Hey, get over this. You, you little twat. You need to feel better. You need to stop crying. It's, and I think it does come back to our ability to regulate ourselves. And that takes time to learn, to realize, okay, I don't have to be, I don't have to take on their mood because they're in a bad mood. I get to be in an even better mood, not to use up energy to force ourselves, but just say, Hey, I'm going to just focus on this bubble over here. So yeah, that's changed things for me because I, I, I am a very sensitive person. So if someone is angry, for example, it completely shifts me into an altered state, but learning to just say, okay, I'm going to just lean back from that and let that chaos be over there and know that I can maintain wherever I want to be and practice that it becomes so much easier. And then, you know, you can still love someone and respect them, even when they're maybe treating you poorly, or maybe when they're projecting onto you or trying to hurt you, you can see see them for the person in pain and not be responsible for them. Yeah. Yeah. And would you say that this is just a practice of, again, like, okay, we're going to have this intention. Okay. We're going to have this intention. Okay. We're going to have this intention and just continuing uh, to go back to the yes. idea of, yeah, you would. Well, absolutely. Because there are moments still to this day where I slip. And I'm like, oh, geez, like, I, I can't believe I'm repeating this pattern again. I did so well last week. Why is it triggering me today? But taking note at the end of the day is my favorite time to do it and think about, okay, well, how did I do there? And I kind of grade myself, mm, kind of a fail there. What do I want to do next time? And I think, again, that practice of go doing it over and over again, eventually you get to the point of being able to relate to people purely from a place of strength and it can feel foreign and it can also feel fleeting, but eventually it does stick. And I think if people are, if people are listening and thinking like, oh, I still react or oh, I still take on other people's moods or oh, I still blame them, all these things, just noticing where you're at and knowing that from that place, you can start to shift. But the awareness of where you are starting is key because we can't pretend to just, you know, be in this ideal state if we don't really know where we are beginning from. Mm. Mm, yeah, that's true. That's true. Like it's having that self-awareness 
not just, okay, this is what I want to be. So I'm going to be this, but also like being able to recognize where you're at from as an objective point of view as possible. That's what I like to, that's what puts me in a very neutral state to think about shout out to meditation. First self-development technique that I looked into don't meditate now, really, unless I want to, but that shit really taught me to like, be, you know, it's like the gentle observer with which that, um, that, uh, wording never really resonated with me, but I loved the, the visualization of like, I am the sun, everything else going on around me is the clouds and the clouds mm-hmm. pass mm-hmm. through the sun, but the sun is still there standing strong. And, um, or just ah. thinking about, you know what I'm saying? Or just thinking about, um, how I want to be objective. Like what, 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 uh, if I'm being objective in this situation, how would I be? And that's pretty, you know, impossible to fully do being in our own heads, but like such a great, it, it, to me, it really helps me to place me out of the situation. Like, well, well, yes, I think a lot of things, but what's the objective view here? Like Uh, if I would be objective, what would I say, you know? Absolutely. And similarly, it's thinking, well, how would I want to be treated? You know, say again, taking responsibility because most of us have, we blame, (laughs) but we've done that too. So if we can put ourselves in that position of, okay, last time I was in a bad mood, last time I was anxious or stressed or angry or, you know, being ridiculous in some way, how would I want my loved ones to treat me? Mm. And pausing and thinking about that. And most people do not want their loved ones to be equally as aggressive. They don't want their loved ones to all of a sudden start trying to change the situation. They just want that loving presence. And for so many of us, we did not have that as children. So learning to then be that for other people, be it for ourselves, ask for that from our loved ones. That's a big one saying, hey, when I'm upset, I would love this from you. Letting people know how to relate. I think there's, yeah, there's a lot to be said about clear communication here because Mm -hmm. these are, these are underdeveloped skills for a reason because we were never taught them. (laughs) So our, our job is to say, okay, well, as a, as someone taking responsibility for the wounds and triggers and reactions I carry and someone wanting to change them. Great. Let's open this up. Let's bring it to the table. It doesn't need to stay in the closet tucked away. You know, shh, don't talk about that part of me. It can be something, Hey, I'm working on this. I'd love your support in this way done no drama (laughs) yeah yeah no drama I love it um yeah it's hard man I I haven't been in a relationship in a couple years but like two years ago almost exactly um I had this dynamic like it was it was this dynamic of like my boyfriend would come home in a pissed off mood and I'm like oh, he's in a pissed off mood again. I don't want to support this. I don't want to help this. But but also, you know, just getting into things like spirituality and stuff like that. I'm thinking like, well, I know that I'm not supposed to let this affect me. And I know that I'm supposed to keep my light bright if my light feels bright. So I'm going to try to do that. And often I just didn't feel that. I was like, I, I am angry now. Like this yes. person is angry and I am angry. And-, and- Go ahead. I'm so curious, looking back at that now, do you see what was happening? Like when you can relive that and think, whoa, like, okay, I wanted to stay a bright light, but I couldn't because he was in such a bad mood. What is your interpretation of that now? And again, I, I'm not looking for an answer. I'm I'm genuinely curious as to how your brain now can see that playing out. 
Yeah. I mean, I think even in the moment I knew what was happening, you know, it's a codependent thing. It's a Mm -hmm. thing of like, and it's black and white thinking like, okay, he's in a bad mood. So things are bad. Why are things bad? Like you say, we need to fix this. I need to fix this now. It's like not letting myself be human and then projecting that onto other people when they just want to be human. Like when they want to go through the moments of, man, I feel like shit right now. And like, life is hard. Letting people do that. I was letting other people do that. And guess what? Wasn't letting myself do that either. Like shaming myself big time for having emotions, for having a hard time, you know? And it's, and it's, I think it's really something to be said that I know a lot of our listeners will connect to being in that in-between state of you realize that something needs to change. Beautiful. You're realizing that you're doing the thing again. Beautiful. But the thing keeps happening. Mm -hmm. Even after you realize you want to change it. And even after you realize that, okay, this is a dysfunctional thing. Like this is a trauma response, but Mm -hmm. I'm having it, but it's happening again. You know what I'm saying? And the task then is how kind can you be to yourself as you witness yourself acting in ways that you are not proud of? And the kindness opens up possibility for change. And people might be rolling their eyes like, come on. But really, next time you catch yourself acting rude or acting irrational or reacting from that place of trauma and you catch yourself, can you offer yourself kindness right there? And some of this brings up parts work and internal family systems. So really seeing that part as that wounded child and stepping in and saying, Hey, sweetie, I know you don't want to keep recreating this pattern. And I know you're doing your best and you know, you just reacted habitually today. That's okay. We're just going to keep chipping away slowly. And I think that part starts to relax too, where finally it's not being chastised by this, you know, figure of authority. It's saying, Oh, thanks for seeing me. Thanks for understanding. I'm doing my best. Okay. We can change this. There is another way to be. So yeah, back to the process. It's, it's, it's a process of realizing what is, what is your priority? What is it that you want to change about these patterns? If you don't have to be stuck. Okay. Well, great. What now? What's next? Absolutely. Yeah. I love your such a present approach. And, and let me say a little something here. Uh, I wouldn't have gotten out of any of the habits I wanted to break if I didn't have that self-compassion, like I've never mm-hmm. been able to just strong arm myself no. out of something like that. That is not okay. Let me, let me say something here. Um, again, with like, I find that I do really well in the gray area. So not the black, not the white, but the gray. So like there have been times in my life with alcohol, with the way people have treated me where I have had to say, you know what? We're not going to go through this rock bottom again. No, I am not tolerating this. I strong armed the shit out of certain things in my life. And that, that did, that was needed for that Mm -hmm. type of situation. Mm -hmm. But these little, I, especially for me personally, these little subtleties of like how I'm treating myself, these little whispers of how I'm treating other people, the more subtle dysfunctions in my life, I would not have been able to solve that shit and work through that shit if I wasn't like, okay, this is happening again, but like, Mm. it's okay that it's happening again. Yeah. It's like if we had a splinter, something subtle, kind of sneaky, very small, 
And we thought yes. we could just, you know, beat it to heal, you know, yes. just muscle your way through versus, oh, okay. Gentle, loving. Hey, maybe I should take this splinter out. Oh, maybe I can put some honey on that wound and let it heal a little bit more efficiently. It's yeah, that tenderness. And there's even the idea, I think this was Pema Chodron, how nothing, nothing goes away until we learn what we're supposed to learn from it and taking that a step further. It's nothing mm-hmm. ever goes away until we see it through those kind of loving, accepting eyes, because nothing does well being punished and tortured and criticized. I can't think of a single thing in life that, you know, grows and flourishes by mistreatment. Yeah. Yeah. That's a beautiful, beautiful quote, super profound. And I I now want to switch our conversation abruptly mm-hmm. to food. For ah. you know, we got, I was going to say for a minute, but no, we got to talk about it because I love what I've seen, your approach to food. I love my approach to food and as it continues to develop. And I think we vibe on a lot here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my opening question to you would be, how does food freedom and physical healing intersect in Mm. your personal journey because um what i'm hearing so far is that yes a certain way of eating has helped and certain dietary changes has helped Mm -hmm. but it's not everything yes so talk a little bit on that yeah i mean like i mentioned before there was a point in my journey where Joyful, intuitive eating was not a possibility because my actual organ system could not push the food through me. That's I had serious gut disability, and it's people people in the Lyme world always talk about the the nerve damage that can happen, and you know how that can really cause dysfunction and motility. There's no way to know exactly what caused it, but I think a big piece of it was the perpetual stress of trying these salt healing diets that were recommended, whether it was the gaps or AIP or specific carbohydrate diet, or, you know, different branches off of this, the stress of feeling like someone was telling me what to do and delivering it as if it's the only option to heal Mm -hmm. that I truly feel now counteracted any of the healing potential because my body was in such a stress state, waiting, wondering, hoping. So there's that, but then there's also getting to the place where even basic foods were no longer working for me. So it wasn't about eating intuitively because mm-hmm. my body just couldn't, couldn't process it in the way that we hoped. So it was kind of stepping back and, and being a little bit more, I would say that it was the kindest thing I offered myself in the moment when I, when I shifted to a strict carnivore diet because nothing else was working. And I think simultaneously while doing a lot of the brain work, kind of just being at peace with what was realizing, okay, this is a very interesting and somewhat trippy experience to not have a body that can metabolize normal foods, but here I am. All right. Thanks body for at least staying alive. Thanks for feeling a teeny bit better. And then shifting more back to somewhere, somewhere in the middle of what felt intuitive, but also what felt joyful. Because I think when we think about nutrition, it's not only the components of the food, but how we think about the food, 
the mindset we're in, the people we're around, the pace at which we consume it, it all changes the way our body is able to take in anything. So we could be eating the most nutrient dense, grass fed, raw milk. But if we are ruminating over a conversation we had that went poorly or a fight we had this morning, that milk is probably not going to digest very well versus, and we all know the person that lives a very joyous life and probably doesn't even think twice about nutrition and they're vibrant, they're Mm -hmm. energized, they're able to use their body in incredible ways. So it's, it's like you said, it's not so black and white. There's the overlapping emotional states and also honoring the terrain. You know, if we do have significant bacterial and parasitic overgrowth, something I experienced, certain foods are not going to feel good in the body and being kind enough to say, Hey, eventually I'd love to be able to eat blank again, but right now my body needs support on this level. But I would say again, the biggest thing here is thinking about how do you feel about your food? How are you, are you excited to eat it? Are you eating in ways that feel right to you? Are the colors and textures and the amount, the, you know, the spiciness or the saltiness, do those, do those deliver something that your body is asking for? So there is a level of listening here because, you know, social media is telling people to eat all sorts of ways. And even the pro-metabolic diet has become kind of another diet, um, what confusing is that? people. Yeah, it's. I think it was kind of misquoted, but Ray Pete, the the amazing man, he just passed away, but he he was kind of the the person that brought the idea of of anti stress diet and diet a diet that supports the metabolism, supports the thyroid, keeps inflammation down, keeps cellular metabolism and ATP ATP production high, and he has all these frameworks about how that works, and you know getting more nitty gritty in terms of, you know, keeping calcium levels a certain amount higher than phosphorus, eating foods that promote thyroid function and that, you know, allow the cell to properly oxidize glucose and all of these kind of pretty amazing ideas, honestly. But a lot of people interpret that as, okay, I need to eat this way exactly at this time. I need to eat every three to four hours in order to make sure my thyroid's properly fueled and I'm not having a dip in blood sugar and causing an adrenaline rush, that in and of itself becomes such a chronic stressor. So I think, again, it's thinking, well, what frameworks are physiologically appropriate? And within that, what feels creative, what feels good to you? And being willing to break the rules if your body asks for something. And I think getting Mm -hmm. to the place where these days I can eat whatever I want. Certain foods still don't feel the best, but for the most part, they're foods that I wouldn't really want to be eating anyways. So getting to the place of feeling like, you know, I can eat whatever I want, but I'm going to eat in a way that feels playful, that feels like it's respectful for my body, that is what I crave, that is honoring the farmers that grew it and the the soil that went into making this magical carrot or this beautiful cut of beef, that changes the way I, I think about food. But yeah, I think depending on where people are at, you got to be honest with what your body can handle, what it needs, and also your history. Cause I think, you know, so many of us come from a really high stress background. We do carry significant trauma. You might need more fat soluble vitamins. You might need to really fortify yourself with minerals. 
not from a place of urgency, but from a place of being realistic and thinking, oh, wow, my body actually does require this. I can't live a vital functioning life on a purely plant-based diet when I was getting cues from my body that this is not the way to go and really being open to say, to, to listening to that. So yeah, it's, it's, (laughs) it's going to look different for everyone, but it's, it's that moment to moment listening, tuning in and adapting. And I think the paying attention to your own physiology, learning about how your body functions, learning about how you feel your best, thinking about how you want to eventually be. And I, I know this goes back to what we were talking about before, not thinking too far ahead of, oh, if only I had access to blank, 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 then I'd feel better. Well, what does your body require right now? Right now. What's it asking for right now? Yeah, what's happening right now? Okay, love it. Love it. And that is kind of the vibe that I got. I think you described that really well on your bot. Teresa has some um, like introdu- introductory bio videos on her journey on Instagram and YouTube. Yes, on YouTube. Yep. And I just, yeah, I just recorded a, like a summary podcast of like, here's my story in a nutshell. But yeah, I think the biggest thing there is realizing to let go of how you think your body should be and truly tending to what it, what the terrain is looking like, because, you know, eating in a certain way might be perfect for you in the future, or it might be perfect for someone else on Instagram. But if your body is severely malnourished and depleted and you know, you're struggling with certain symptoms. Starting there could be the way in. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Um, okay. I have this theory that I want to share with you and I want to hear your response to it. Mm -hmm. I have a theory that, and I'm still messing around with this in my own mind. So I'm not convinced yet. I have a theory that it could be our reaction to food could be 100% mindset. 100. I used to think that, but I would say no. <laughs> because <laughs> I and I and I and I'm speaking purely from my experience because I thought I could will myself yeah to be able to eat say a banana but I'd have such profound reactions. And this was at a place when I was like, okay, whatever happens is good. Body, I trust you, metabolize this. I'm going to give you a banana (laughs) or a piece of chocolate. And I'd have such significant symptoms within a couple of minutes. And I think there's a lot to be said about, yeah, a traumatized body is going to have kind of faulty reactions and Mm -hmm. the wiring's going to be off. So to bring the truth back into this, I think it started with the thoughts and the stress and all of the, yeah, just the chronic load of stress in the body. And it gets the body to a place where it's kind of deranged in a certain sense where things that should not be triggering are highly triggering because the body Mm -hmm. is just, it's confused. It's overloaded. And I think not to add fear, but you know, heavy metals, parasites, a lot of the endocrine disruptors, the weird gums they put in food i'll have certain people that eat that by accident and get a massive flare-up and they're like oh shit i didn't realize there was carrageenan in this whipped cream i bought right. and those and so that's kind of like right. a they weren't expecting a bad reaction in fact they were expecting nothing and they have these massive flare-ups 
Um, I see the same with some of my gluten sensitive clients, but then again, it's kind of both. Cause I'll have certain people that they expect food to make them feel a certain way. And they have these massive re reactions. Once we start to change the thoughts about food, they're back to eating whatever the heck they want yeah. with complete symptom resolution. So it's so context dependent, but I didn't mean to shut you down because I'm like, well, I tried it that way. In my experience, I could not will myself to be at the place of health that I wanted to be because my gut was so ravaged. But eventually, now I can put all sorts of things in it and it seems to do pretty well. <laughs> yeah. The point about people unknowingly get getting reactions, unknowingly knowing, unknowingly, <laughs> unknowingly consuming stuff that their body doesn't react well to that to me is that is I mean everything let's be real everything you're saying is legit right like symptoms are real like how we're feeling about food even if it's 100% just limiting beliefs that it's still mm. real like what we're experiencing oh, yeah. is still like real and valid so like let me make that point um, but going beyond that, I think the the whole the whole example of people accidentally eating something and getting unknowingly they were going to get react whatever <laughs> people eating stuff that makes them reactive but they didn't realize that they ate it and then they're reactive and then they put two and two together that is so legit that is like to me such a straight piece of evidence that you're right it's it's likely not just mindset but here's the thing that I really wonder about. Like, it's impossible. Well, I always like to say, if you have like a really traumatic or crazy event in your life, sometimes a serious upgrade to your nervous system happens. Like miracles happen. Like I just, mm -hmm. I know people and I've heard of people having like a, a kind of insane movie-like reaction to an event in their life that makes them totally see things differently with the snap of a finger and as we know 99.9999 percent of us don't have that situation it's a very gradual process to transform our lives and what's happening internally so save for those very intensive intense experiences generally it takes time for our nervous system to transform right mm -hmm. so in my mind I'm like, well, it takes time for the nervous system to transform. So like in my mind, I'm thinking, I'm connecting these strategies that seem to really help with diet, like slowly incorporating things over time. Mm -hmm. I got um, good results from the GAPS diet, but I stopped mm -hmm. liking the taste of cooked meat. I just prefer raw meat now. So like, mm -hmm. I don't, whatever. I'm, I've branched out. I don't do well with restriction and blah, blah, blah. But I, I really could feel it, it's like, I could feel in my body, like, I'm not sure if I'm giving my body like time to physically heal. Like I know, uh... that's happening, but it kind of feels like my nervous system is just getting used to different foods, you know, yeah. like, so that's what kind of made me start thinking about this. Like, well, Yes, it's all gradual all the time, but isn't the nervous system also changing gradually? So then I started thinking, yeah. well, what if it's actually not the foods at all? And it's just like, what 
whatever is helping our nervous system gradually change over time and our digestive function is like directly just dependent on that. But that whole point about someone doesn't see an ingredient, they eat it, now they're wondering why they have a reaction. I feel like that kind of proves that mindset to be not fully correct. And it depends on the person too. And the microbiome, if we're adding in all of a sudden a bunch of, you know, fermentable fiber and we've been carnivore for six months, yeah. the body is going to react yes. because That's a, such a massive shift in our bacteria is going to cause symptoms. So I think that's a beautiful parallel with what works for the nervous system because slow, gradual, one thing at a time, the body likes that. It's mm -hmm. so, it's so nurturing. It's so tender. It's, it's fluid. And I think if we can honor, okay, well, yeah, what's happening with the bacteria, but what's also happening with the nervous system that's heavily influenced by the bacteria, then we can think about, like you said, slow, gradual adjustment. And if you are getting, you know, gluten reactions randomly and you keep having flare-ups, just being honest with yourself and, and realizing, okay, maybe that's not a food my body wants right now. Um, but yeah, it's a tricky one because I, I don't want people to fearfully avoid foods because they've decided this doesn't work for me. And I think curiously testing it every once in a while, you know, I, I know several people that are very gluten sensitive but every once in a while they'll test it oh yep still didn't go as well but it was worth it and it's from a place of joy you know having a baked good at a potluck it's so worth it and maybe they feel a little crummy and a little fatigued the next day but it's not from a oh, I'm so scared this is gonna make me feel terrible it's I'm gonna do this because my life can ex my life is bigger than having these rules for myself yeah totally totally it's power. It's all very powerful stuff. And it's relieving and it's freeing to realize that it's not just the food. It's not mm -hmm. just the food. That's so freeing to me. Yeah. I experienced a lot of what you're saying as well. Just I, I, I started to notice it. I'm like, I never demonized foods my entire life. And then I learned about, oh my God, I can feel so much better by doing these things. And then I started to demonize shit. And I was like, I don't feel healthier. I don't yeah. feel healthier. Yep. So what, this isn't adding up, you know? Yep. Yeah. Um, so do you eat processed foods now? Oh yes. I mean, I eat every, literally everything I would say. I mean, the biggest recent addition is even adding in small amounts of beer. And again, not with the yeah. intention of be being drunk, but to realize, wow, my body has come such a long way. I can enjoy some festivities, you know, if I'm at, yes, yeah, someone's house or over for dinner, it's nice to be able to be completely open to what is there. Because in the past it was, you know, no nuts, no seeds, no gluten, no dairy, no sugar, no this down to the point of again. Yeah. Yep. Just showing up with my meat, which is fine. Most yeah. people didn't mind and good friends don't judge, but, or yeah. even and most people <laughs> wouldn't judge hopefully not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, these days, I mean, it's not, it's not a predominant piece of my diet, but like, sure, I'll try some of those gummies or, you know, jelly beans or some, you know, cookies that I did not make, you know, that came in a bag. I, I prioritize what makes me feel good. So for the most, most of the time, the ingredients are pretty decent, but you know, event, sometimes there's things in there that I would have been amazed to be eating 
back in the past, you know, like a little sneaky bit of something or <laughs> back to those gums. They're in a lot of things these days. But I think part of that, having a resilient nervous system, like you said, I can handle a lot more. Being in that traumatized state, the body's going to react to so many things and it's hard to weed out, okay, what's created in my mind? What's a real reaction? I don't know. I just feel awful all the time versus being sturdy enough to eat what you want. And I mean, some of the processed foods that are my favorite are things that are traditionally more bioavailable, like the tortillas, masa harina. It's been mm. nixtamalized as to free up the niacin and the magnesium and you know some of the other minerals that are in an uncooked kernel of corn just pass right on through us. So I think it's mm. honoring some of these ancient traditions and and thinking of what sounds good too, because I think, you know, some people really love their completely unprocessed diet. Well, I mean, even then they're applying heat and things like that processing, mm -hmm. but I have no rules for how someone should be as long as they're satisfied with it. Yeah. Are you uh, shocked to hear I eat processed food? <laughs> no, I'm not shocked. I saw, I, but I didn't know because I've been creeping on your stories a little bit here and there. And I, I got to say this before I forget, this was such a fucking badass post that Teresa put up. It was a picture of you holding a beer and you said, beer. <laughs> you were like naming what, what you're eating. And then you're like beer because it's delicious. And I was like, yes, do what you fucking want. That, that was yeah. so nice for me. Just, it was just, it's nice to hear people talk like that why because it's delicious not because of this this because mm -mm. i fucking enjoy it and because i want yes and that joy and you probably noticed this but when i'm enjoying something i digest it so much better and that, yeah. that's what helped me unlearn a lot of these fear patterns when i would be at a pot or a potluck and enjoying the company the lighting the chatter the silliness and, you know, there'd be things I wouldn't be cooking for myself there, but I, I decided to try it out of curiosity and just, you know, being yeah. part of the, the celebration. And I feel great afterwards. So it was more of that, of realizing, you know, my body can handle this. And I think, yeah, the beer, I, I wanted to, I wanted to trigger people a little bit, like, but she cares about her health. Of course I do. That means enjoying every, every aspect of this life. That's it. That's why we want health. It's so we can enjoy our time here. That is right. That is right. I, um, what is it called? Oh, I forgot the actual, like the Italian name, but espresso and ice cream. That Affogato. is my, Affogato. Yeah. Oh, that's like my, one of my biggest joy foods. And I'm not a big ice cream eater. Just, I don't like cold. I'm not a big fan of cold stuff, but oh, Affogato. Mm -hmm espresso and ice cream man i love that shit it's so yeah. anyway i think joy contributes to health joy contributes to health now there are so i eat i do eat raw meat i also enjoy raw meat i wouldn't eat raw meat if i didn't enjoy it unless like i really really had to yeah it's circumstantial but i i do enjoy eating raw meat and we have somewhat of a raw meat audience on here mm -hmm. and i've had a lot of people well it's an intense diet, right? So people that are in the intense diet are, you know, it's possible that that could take over their life. And they're like, anyone who's not eating this is not doing the right thing. I've literally had people on this podcast who say that they're still interesting people and inspiring to me in certain ways. Um, but I've, I've had a lot of people 
question what I'm doing as like, that is just straight stupid to be eating raw meat, which is so great for your body and then doing other shit that is supposed to be not so great for your body. And I say, do you know how fucking miserable I was eating shit that I thought I had to eat that I did not want to eat? Um, I wasn't healthy. Like if mm. my mental state is not good, I don't consider myself healthy. I didn't feel healthy. That's it. Yeah. You know, and I'm and I'm acknowledged. Oh, Teresa, we're at two thirty four. Do you need to leave? You're good. No, I do need, need to, to actually shift gears, but no need to rush. I I'd say like a ten minute swing time. Okay, perfect. I was gonna say fifteen minutes. Um, I apologize. I was gonna remind okay. you at two thirty, and then I got swept away. Thank you. Um. Yeah. So anyway, joy is a part of health and I need to experience joy. And I, I, I honor that some people can't have everything they want right now. And I don't even know if I can, right? I don't think I can have every type of food I want right now without getting a reaction or like some dermatitis or something. I'm still like working through that for sure. Um, but like, I'm gonna work towards joy. Like I'm mm-hmm. gonna work towards joy and what gives yes. me that, you know? And you know, you bring up a beautiful point. It's like, if someone's eating in a way that you don't approve of, that's their business. What matters is what you approve of what you're doing. So I'd say that's a, a great thing to pay attention to. If you're seeing someone do something and you're you're judging them, okay, well, <laughs> what if instead of judging them, you focus on enjoying what you're doing and feeling confident about that? And if they want to get information from you one day, you'll be their arms wide open, but you're not telling other people how to live their lives. And I think, you know, that's a, that's a big piece of just confidence. It's just letting people do what they want and realizing that's, that's okay. Because we've all been in our phases. We've all done our things. That's part of being human. We have to experiment. We get to experiment. If that means being, you know, full on vegan for 10 years and realizing, oh, that was not ideal amazing but if someone's trying to tell you how you're harming your body and you're doing all these things even if they might be right that's not their that's not in their their right to do that 100% and i i always say you can't shame people into believing what mm-hmm. you want to believe even if they do for a certain period of time it's not sustainable because it's not their mm-hmm. truth they got to figure it out man mm-hmm. um okay so yeah i ask every guest this wrapping up here um, what do you think the root of health is? What do you mm. think? It's an, it's an interesting question. Cause we're talking in this episode about how like everything is everything, but I would just love to hear your authentic answer. What comes to mind? Ah. Like what is yeah. like, the thing? What, if you could pick the thing, what is the root, the common denominator of health? If I can trace, and this is only through my own experience, but it's that feeling to me, it's feeling connected, feeling like you're part of something, feeling like your contribution matters. So I guess that does tie into the root analogy, but really, if we can frame it from that sense and and focusing more on what, what allows for connection and truly being seen, feeling safe enough to show up as ourselves, of course, that would be conducive to health because back to the safety of the nervous system. When we feel free to be ourselves because we know we're a part of a community, when we're a part of a pack, when we're a part of something bigger than just our 
separate experience, the nervous system functions differently. So I would say, yeah, forgetting the food for a moment, forgetting, forgetting the details and the protocols and the supplements and all of the things that we've been told are healing. Let's look at what allows you to feel like a part of something. And, and I know that's tricky for people because isolation, the counter, the dark, the dark side of this, we know that isolation makes us sick. And this is different from, you know, choosing to spend time alone because we enjoy it, but feeling isolated, feeling alone, feeling friendless, feeling unloved, that lack of connection, I would say that's the root of disease because of the way it stresses the body. So in, in finding true health, it's how can we reconnect with our true nature? How can we re reconnect with fully allowing ourselves and giving ourselves permission to be ourselves and living from that place? And I, I know you, you resonate with this, but I think that's, that's it. We, we're peeling back these layers and stepping into being more of ourselves, being more of exactly what we ha are without putting on, without putting on these these masks or performances that's 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 how i see it these days because i think yeah there's so much conditioning and there's so much comparison and there's we're getting all these messaging's messages about what we should be doing differently but ultimately we already know how we want to be we already know and it's it's a matter of permission to be that way yeah genius so needed yeah. So needed. Yeah. That's right off the cuff. So I'll, I'll listen back and see. Stuff, man. Hey, can I ask you one more question? It's a quick one, not a philosophical one. Mm -hmm. Uh, how can, how can our audience members work with you? Like how, oh, thanks what do you for have to asking. offer them? Yeah. So I do work one-to-one -one and I always tell people from the beginning, the idea is to have a temporary container because I truly believe that we can learn to coach ourselves to the point where you no longer need someone telling you how to live your life. So it's my intention is to get the ball rolling. And most people get to the place where they're like, you know, I think I can take it from here. And that's my true, true form of success. So yeah, that'd be more of the one-to-one -one brain rewiring work with a teeny bit of nutrition, but not always. Sometimes we don't even talk about nutrition. And then I also host a membership and app actually it's a, it's called tapping with tea so i add a new video every single week i do group calls you can ask me unlimited questions make video requests and have the convenience of being able to tap on the go if you download the app on your phone so i'd say those are the 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 closest and the the more relaxed ways of working with me and yeah that's what i'm offering right now Awesome, you guys. And we'll have all our shit linked below. Okay, Teresa Piela, EFT practitioner and chronic illness coach specializing in brain rewiring. Thank you so much for being on this episode. It was more like a conversation. And I really <laughs> yeah. appreciate your your patience with that and, and just your energy that you're bringing here and what you're doing in the world. Thank you. Thank you so much. I genuinely enjoyed this. It's yeah, it feels like a little burst of, of connection in my day back to the connection. So thank you so much. Okay, you guys, I need your help here. I want to get word spread about the info that we share in this show as much as possible. I want it to reach around the world. It already has. I want it to continue to reach around the world. And I want us to be able to share this information because this is empowering shit. You guys know that I only share empowering shit on here. I only share stuff that is going to make you feel like your dreams can 
become a reality and you can create what you want in your life and you can achieve what you want in your life and big changes can happen. Big evolution can happen in a positive direction in your life. I've done that in my life. It is my goal. It is my life purpose to help as many other people achieve that as well. So if you can help me do this, I would be so grateful. Please share this episode, share my podcast, other people about my podcast, share it on Instagram. I would just so appreciate that. Subscribe, uh, whatever we can do to get the word out more about this information. I love providing it for you guys. It makes me so happy and it would just mean the world to me if you continue to share it. I love you guys so much. Info on how to work with me is in the show notes. I have a group coaching course. I have one-to-one private coaching. I have a workshop. There will be more offerings in the future. I'm There's a lot going on. So all of this info is in the show notes and enjoy. I can't wait to see you on the next episode. Talk to you soon. I love you.